friends, I have taken a bit of a break and I know that you haven't heard from me in a little bit. I took some space to really work on chronically cultivating what mattered to me at home and making sure that I was ready to best serve all of you. You know, there were plans of what we thought we wanted to do coming back. And I was talking with my favorite co-host. Hey there. We just knew that we really needed to address what is going on just in our world right now, not even just this country. And we are practicing social distancing. We are miles away from one another. We are recording virtually, which we've never done before. You know, we've been really thinking about all of you and our own families and how do we best not just serve each other well, but how do we worship God while in this time? So as always, we're going to jump right in. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. What's kind of neat is, is we had talked about a different platform for a while in case with your illness or whatever, we had to be apart. So it's kind of cool that sometimes we don't know God's preparing us um, in other ways for other things. So I'm not sure how the sound quality would be. Maybe in some ways it's better. I don't know. Um, what I like, what though, is that out? I can see you. Um, sometimes people are just on a phone or they're in a way where you, I can kind of anticipate if you're about to say something and vice versa. Yeah, um, I think that is definitely the, you know, always trying to think of gratitude and choosing gratitude daily. And there have been a lot of different dark moments in my life where I have just dealt with choosing gratitude and recognizing gratitude. You know, this is a really dark time for so many of us. And I know, like, I'm so grateful we have this technology and we're able to do this and we're able to see each other, even if we can't physically in person see one another. And what I think has been really interesting for a lot of us in the chronic illness community and as family members of those with chronic illnesses, you know, for a lot of us, life hasn't changed as much as others would think outside of not being able to have, for instance, my family come over or some close friends and the wonderful ability to have Jared home all the time. You know, for me, my life really hasn't changed that much in the sense of, you know, there have been lots of reasons why things are different now, but I've been used to cultivating life at home and learning how to fill my days. And I wrestled with that a long time ago. And I think a lot of us with chronic illnesses kind of feel like we almost have a leg up right now. We're kind of used to this. For instance, like we've always lived knowing that one infection could really be destructive for me and for other people with chronic illnesses. So, it's definitely been interesting in this time to kind of see what we've been dealing with for months and years on end is really what the whole country is starting to experience. Right. And I think when you and I first started talking and I think it was you, me and um, Jared and dad on the phone, like I was kind of laying out like what I saw coming with this pandemic and kind of, you know, laid it out maybe a little more than you two were ready, but I had to do that. And I did say, I'm just looking at my quick note here that, you know, 
you've been kind of training for this in a way like you personally and anybody who's been in a situation like yours, you've been training for this, you know, like you have a lot of skill set and you are used to some of the isolation and um, even some of the loneliness that comes with it, but also having to be prepared and, and do things in a different way. So we're not minimizing what chronic illness people are going through right now in any way. But I just kind of want to give a, you know, a, a, a quick applause, you know, um, because a lot of you will help teach others. Um, I know there's a little bit of people going, well, see, now you know what I've been dealing with. You know, there's some of those memes and different things. And I don't think we should belittle anybody. Like, this is a really traumatic time for all of us. But I'm always looking back to, hey, what are our strengths? And I think people who are chronic illness warriors, you know, are better prepared to adjust to being at home or adjust to some of these changes better than other people can. So I would say if you're someone listening who is like, yeah, I got, I got this, um, realize that you now have your own kind of platform to maybe help someone else instead of it being, well, now, you know, we've gone through all this time. That's important. Sorry. And getting used to things. My husband just walked by. So it's just, it's so interesting, you know, trying yeah, to get you to the new, the new all norm. All adjusting to this new yeah. normal. And, you that know, just threw me off. Yeah. Yeah, I will definitely say, Jared and I have talked about it. It has been very tempting when there have been different memes or other things where you were talking about that, where I have wanted to repost some things and some of it is funny. And like, we are allowed to laugh at memes. We are like, there are going to be certain things that with chronic illnesses, we laugh at that other people are like, I don't really understand. Right. There's a dark humor sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's needed at times. And, you know, my best friend and I were FaceTiming and talking about, you guys have met Mara, I think once or twice on here. I was like, you know, all those people and joking around with her, I was like, (laughs) including you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, pop, pop. <laughs> and I was like, everyone's always been like, oh, you are so lucky that you like have a chronic illness and you just get to stay home in bed and watch Netflix all day. Your life must be so great. And I would always just kind of, you know, want to like throat punch the person or whatever, because, you know, you <laughs> kind of, you just kind of want to be like, no, I want to be out. I want to be right. And now everybody else is dealing with it. So I think there's this internal struggle that we kind of feel as Spoonies and as people with chronic illnesses, how do I throw that back into the faces to be like, oh, remember when you wished for this? Remember? Do you remember? But at the same time, this is so hard. And, you know, one of the things that you and I were chatting about before we came on here was, you know, I realized in talking to some of my friends who don't live with chronic illnesses or whatnot, you know, there's this fear that they have about like this infection could kill me and that is an mm-hmm. extremely real rational fear and you know one of the reasons that when my mom says she called Jared and I and had to lay down the law which at this point I will say I was not happy after that phone call and I'm pretty sure that was when I cried after just about just all of these regulations and extra precautions that we had to take Here is why I think we so desperately needed you guys as our 
just parents. And as part of, you know, we call ourselves the quad. We are kind of Mm -hmm. my medical team. The four of us make all of these decisions much together. And Jared and I were just kind of like, well, we can't let fear stop us from living our life. We've always like lived as of recent, knowing that one infection could kill her. That hasn't changed. And it's like, no, there are things that are different. And I think it wasn't until that conversation. And then in talking to other people that I realized, you know, Jared and I, And even he's wrestling with this in a new way. But for my body personally, we have since being in this place had to wrestle with that fear of life could end after I almost died. Like we really as a family wrestled with that and just all the different things. And, you know, I'll get off my soapbox, but, you know, ultimately I think I didn't realize that for a lot of people, this is not new, but a heightened fear that they didn't have to process before that I've already worked through. Right. And I I think it's interesting when we do go through struggles and we go through things, we don't even know that they're preparing us for things. And you and I were talking also, it's like, if we haven't spent time, you know, in God's word, we haven't spent some quiet time with the Lord. And I know we've talked about this in previous podcasts, we're talking and talking and talking, but when, you know, when are we really listening? And it's those times that build us up and sustain us. And, you know, I've had my own time of anxiety and tears over this whole situation. I grieve for the whole world. I'm like, you know, sometimes it's, it's almost overwhelming. But then where does my strength come from? So if someone's not a believer, I know that this doesn't make sense. And um, it's probably very confusing. But now's the time that you can pick up the Bible, you can pick up resources. <laughs> Here I am trying to it was Stephen talking right now as I'm trying to do this. So it's again, this is a new normal. So thank you for being patient. But I think that's very important. And I think the chronic illness community has been marginalized in a lot of ways. And now is your time to shine in a lot of ways and say, especially as believers, you know, how can we use what we're dealing with right now for good? How can we glorify God? How can we support others? And I think we have to be especially sensitive and compassionate that this is terrifying and can also be incapacitating for people. So we kind of have to, you know, go back to, you know, what has helped us? And if you tell somebody, oh, you know, just read your Mm -hmm. Bible. Well, guess what? A whole lot of the Bible is about distress. And that might not be really the right context for you to be starting with. Something to point out, too, that I want to go back to for a second that you said is, you know, just that quietness with God, because we're always talking. You know, God longs to help us. And I think one of the things that for me gets in the way of me believing that he truly does long to help us is when I feel he's being silent. There are times that God is silent, but I have found more often than not the times that I personally am offended, you know, Mm -hmm. by his silence that probably isn't really silence. It's when I take those moments and I choose to say, all right, I'm really frustrated. God, I don't feel like I can hear you, but I'm just going to listen even closer because I know that you've got something to say to me. It's one of those things where I hate to say it, but I've found even in my marriage that there are times that I will listen much more intently to what Jared's talking about when it has to do with me. Oh, aren't we we all like that? Yeah. Then when Jared's talking about his day at work or whatnot, and I am working really hard to be an intentional about 
being a better listener. But if I do that with my husband, how often do I do that with God? And I have to sit here and go, there are probably some really big truths and comfort that he wants to bring to my heart, but I'm not stopping and listening. And a perfect example of this is what I've been reading through recently that has really blown my brain apart the past few days. So this year, one of my goals is to start reading through the Bible in two years. I'm doing it in two years because I want to really, really be able to dig into commentaries and other things. But I'm not just check off that box that you did your daily reading. Exactly. And so I've been reading through Leviticus. Now, I am the first to say that I was very intimidated by this goal to read through the Bible because I wanted to read through it canonically. Uh, Canonically is where you read through it front to back, whereas chronologically is doing it historically based. So I was really intimidated by doing this because even as a PK... I have to admit, I was definitely one of those people that was like, the Old Testament is really boring and outdated. And like, I don't really understand why we need the first couple books of the Bible, which is terrible. (laughs) But I was just one of those people where I was like, there's no point to reading Leviticus or Numbers. And I really believed that. So I have been reading in Leviticus and it is all instructions right now. It is instructions Mm -hmm. about offerings. And I was like sitting in my quiet time with God. This was a couple days ago. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going into this and I'm already feeling like I'm getting this attitude of, I don't know why I'm spending time reading through Leviticus when I really need to hear you right now because this is a really frustrating time and I don't know how to cope with all of this. Mm. And wouldn't you know, He uses Leviticus 6 to teach me one of the like most profound things I think I've ever come across in the Bible. So I was reading in Leviticus 6, specifically verses 8 through 30 for that chapter. It's all about further instructions. So when I say further instructions, that means that I have already read multiple paragraphs about instructions for all of these offerings. And these Mm -hmm. are the further instructions. This is when I would typically find myself, you know, kind of eyes glazed over reading, but not taking anything in. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking though, as I'm reading about all these meticulous and tedious jobs that the priests had, like their entire jobs, they were called to worship God with their life and serve God. But what they were called to do was so repetitious. It was so time consuming. And it was pretty much same old, same old all the time. And it got Mm -hmm. me thinking that even in those things that were so meticulous and repetitive, that's how they were called to worship. And it got me thinking about chronic illnesses and how, you know, I've talked a lot over this past year about how I've really felt like my job right now and the way that I'm meant to worship Jesus is by taking care of my body. Do I wish I could be dancing in him and worshiping? Yes. Do I wish that I could be worshiping and being more um, active in the physical part of our church? Of course I do. But this is how he's asked me to worship him right now. And it got me thinking about what our world is dealing with. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, I know that you're going to get into it in a minute. So I'm not going to really go into the obedience piece of things. But we're being told a lot of things. We're being told that we need to be taking extra precautionary measures. There are things we need to do every day. Even with a chronic illness, setting up IVs every day and doing Mm -hmm. joint corrections and taking medications. There are days that I just don't want to do it. And I just don't feel like it. But guess what? 
it doesn't matter if I feel like it or not. This is what I'm called to do to take care of my body. And right now, you and I, in this country and in this world, we are called not just to take care of ourselves, but the people around us. And part of that is doing the social distancing. It's sanitizing when we get home. Jared and I have a meticulous way, our quad of, you know, we all came up with of, okay, you have to sanitize these things. You have to put them down on a floor that's not carpets that you can just lice all the floor. Like, all these different things of hand washing and hand sanitizing, like all the things, right? Changing clothes. There's so many things. And I'm sure there are times, and I know there are times that Jared and I have just been like, we don't want to do all these extra steps. Like we're so tired. Mm -hmm. But this is what we're called to do right now. This is our worship. We are glorifying him by taking care of ourselves and others. And I think that will change everything if you're able to look at facing this trying time as a way to worship him. Yeah. And I think you hit on it before when you talk about listening, when we think it involves us, <laughs> we listen a little different and all of us can collectively agree on that. I think when you even said to me, Leviticus, I'm like, seriously, that's the way we're going to go. Um, Cause there's so much, right. There's so many good things, yeah. but I loved when you, and you said, um, I apologize if maybe I wasn't properly listening, but I think you told me either, before we started recording or it was within here, this was a while ago. This was not just now uh, as far as Leviticus. And yeah, this, just was, understood- this was last week. So for when you guys are hearing this, this may be a week later or so. So you'll probably be hearing this episode the end of March, beginning of April. But this was something that came out that I read before we were yeah. So we were still being cautious, but this is what I read before we were being quarantined. You know, it wasn't until we were in day two of quarantine that I decided to post about it on Instagram because it wasn't leaving my brain. Like it was just like, oh my gosh, leave it to God to literally in Leviticus, one of the most potentially boring chapters of the Bible. And this was what came out of it. Because I even remember you were like, okay, in your text. Well, I trusted you. I want to do Leviticus. And you're just like, really? Yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. And And I just, you know, it's just, it goes to show that God is still here. God is still present. And this is something that he gave them to do long, long, long before any of us were here on this earth. It's also living word. People don't, I would say for myself, when you talk about, yeah, I didn't really, you know, this section of the Bible where it's all the names and it's all the bloody stuff. It's like, do I have to do this? So I get that. And it's hard to understand living word that this is his living word. And this is how he communicates. And like, how gently did he put up with you with that and go, Cassie, knock, knock, knock. Um, I'm I'm trying to tell you something. And that's so amazing that he can do that for, for all of us. And, you know, Jesus, of course, was the perfect sacrifice. So a lot of people, when they think about New Testament and Old Testament, they're like, yeah, that was for them back then. They needed all these things. Look at the people, you know, wandering around the desert. No, like, no, we are still those people. We are those people who don't heed warnings. How many people with this virus, I'm speaking more from the United States perspective, because, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of our turn now as this is going through. It's still all over the world. But like, we're heeding the warnings from what happened in China. We're heeding the warnings of what's going on in Italy, in France, and just you know, Spain and okay, um, even different parts of the country. We are in New England. It's still different what this looks like um, as far as how many people have been tested maybe in another part of the country. And and so much, just the time that someone's going to listen to this podcast, so much information is outdated what you and I are talking about right now. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But the words of God are not outdated. And what you said is, you know, it's about instructions. What I love, we were studying, um, we're trying to find a way to get our Bible study going through, you know, again, through a digital virtual platform, because we used to meet in person. And we were studying Revelation. And, you know, I used to be a chicken about that. Like, uh, I understand one part, one part makes sense to me, and then I'm kind of lost. But we, we do need to study that because here we are talking about you know, the beginning of it all, but we really understand like, this is God telling us the future. And um, it's all relevant, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And he, if you pray about it, God will give you an ability to understand to the amount that he wants you to. And he gave you that gift of, wait a minute, Cassie, I want you, I want this to stick with you. Um, Some things that I think I talked about in a previous podcast was a, a worship song will come again and again and again, I kind of joke that I don't really have to have, you know, any streaming music or whatever in my office at work because it's in my head. I got this whole playlist going. But when he gives me a certain section, and I'm not a strong musical person, certain things will really resonate in me and stick with me. But I'm not somebody who just bursts into song. Um, I'm not somebody who's musical in an instrument. I go against kind of that pastor's wives thing where it's like, you know, somebody needs to be in the pews, okay? We're not all going to be meant to be up there playing music. Some of us are recording it on video. We're taking pictures, which is something I delight in. And it's kind of a way that I help serve my church. But my point is God can give us a heart, first of all, to understand all this. Everything is relevant. We are, you know, what I saw today, which you and I didn't even talk about when we had our conversation before this, is I went out to the yard because even though I was trying to get a lot of tasks done inside, I have not been home a lot. I am working actually outside the home as a quote unquote essential employee. And there's plenty of us that are considered essential in this world. So I haven't been home. So, you know, I don't, I haven't had this quarantine and getting my house in order and there's been all kinds of confusion. So I was in the middle of reorganizing something that does need to be done. And I looked outside and saw that it was sunny and I saw the forsythia. If people aren't familiar with that, you can look it up, but it's, it's yellow. Um, It's usually a shrub that kind of grows all spiky and crazy. And when I was young, I thought forsythia was for Cynthia was ugly. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this. It's, it, I just didn't like it. But I didn't understand how certain things, it's gone really fast. It buds and you kind of see it and you need to pay attention because it just may be gone depending on the weather. We even had some seasons where the Cynthia didn't bloom at all, which was shocking because of the winter that we had. So anyway, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of that. And, and she actually sent me a video of it blooming, which I yeah, appreciate. Not me. Yeah. If you notice, I deliberately was not in the video. I put it, but I was like, God is still there. You know, the, the blue sky is there. The facithia is blooming, picking a different plant or whatever native to your area. Something is still coming. Spring is still coming. And to me, that comforted me. And my whole point of talking about that, it wasn't just, yeah, get out in nature. Um, I do feel very strongly that that's a good coping mechanism through all of this. But it was just the reality that like the world physically is still blooming. And, you know, Easter is still going to come whether we can be in our churches or not. In our area, for sure, we won't be. But he is still there. And he's still showing us that he's there. And if we can meditate on his word, and we can get out in his creation, that's a great way to cope. Does that make and, sense? Yeah. And I think too, before all of this started, Mara and I had planted our seeds, you know, being able to watch them grow every single day. It's just such a great reminder. Those seeds, us planting them, that's such an active phase. We, we are mm-hmm. literally putting them in the ground, covering them in dirt. They're going to be stuck in darkness. And then we, we just have to see what God's going to do. We can and we're following the instructions. Yes. And that is a huge piece. And so all we can do is use what we have, 
with the information we've been given to care for them as best as possible. But regardless, we still have to bury them beneath the dirt before they can sprout. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that we can do that. And right now I feel like we are those seeds. And I've seen a quote going around all over the place do what you do in the light in the darkness right now. Continue mm, to do those like things. That. The biggest thing here, though, that we cannot miss is that, yes, we have the knowledge and the assurance from Jesus that we will be victorious, that he will make all things good. And in the end, he is going to win over every trial and everything. But it is just like with those seeds. If I plant them and I don't follow the instructions, they're not going to grow well. They may grow, but really not the greatest, or they literally may not grow at all. And we have to not only live in that spirit of confidence and, you know, letting go of that fear, but our fear is not ignorant. Our fear is not ignorant of just saying, well, I believe X, Y, Z, so I'm just going to go out and continue my living my life. Right now, part of us living in that confidence is also living in the obedience of the information that we have. And in following instructions, and um, you reminded me of something um so while we still could get out a little, um, I did visit a place that you can get, you know, succulents and seeds and well, not so much seeds, but plants, a lot of house plants. And I was talking to the woman and I said, oh, you know, I end up bringing some of my succulents to my daughter, you, um, because she's got this huge sunny window and I don't have that. And I said, I ordered a little grow light, kind of having trouble where that really works in my house. But I said, I'm, I'm thinking, I just want to put them over my succulent for now versus thinking about seeds you know um and i said yeah i said i'm kind of going to play with it and this is before this pandemic got to the level that it did and i said she says well she made a good point she says oh okay well and i had bought a couple little plants that are lower light you know that could be in a little bit colder windowsill or whatever and she said well if you're going to use the light keep in mind that about the distance that you you set the light up because these seedlings or these plants they're going to stretch to the light And you need to think about that height. And I thought, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, well, we need to stretch for the light and get out of the darkness, just like the sprouts will, because that's what they're naturally going to do. They need a certain amount of sunlight and everything once they have emerged or they're going to die. Like we need that light so that we don't die. But, you know, what's our distance? How far are we from the source? So I'm kind of thinking about that now. I'm going to meditate on that a little bit. And I think what you said too is, you know, we're trying to be obedient. We're trying to follow advice. Somebody in the beginning, when I was first talking about that we weren't going to be doing any more of the women's, we do these coffee chat type things. I said, listen, I'm postponing. I think that's a much better way to put things in canceling, but um, I'm postponing these for now. We were being very proactive before all the guidelines were coming out that you needed to minimize groups and all that, because I saw it educated myself and I saw this is where this is going. And now is the time to have these conversations with the ladies and it kind of was waking some people up truthfully. And I felt like that was a little bit of my job. And someone said, well, we need to just stand on faith and not fear. And I was like, okay, so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. You know, we really, we had a healthy conversation because people came in with all different viewpoints at that point, but we just, it ended very loving. You know, you still lock your front door. I mean, some places don't, (laughs) but for the most part, you still lock the door, protect your house. You still buy the smoke detector and change the batteries. 
you still do things. You still take the medication that you need to take, right? We don't just stop doing everything and be like, okay, you know, that's it, Lord, you know. So this is one of those situations. I think by the time people go to listen to this, it's really clear um, that that's what we need to do. And people are saying so many public health language that I've known for years in the nursing world that I'm in, you know, I've known about social distancing, hand hygiene, um, flattening the curve, or what part of the curve are we on, and resurgence, and all this stuff. And But now this is coming into everybody's life every day. And I don't know if we want to talk about kind of that information fatigue that you and I were chatting about. Yeah, you know, I think it's a really interesting time because we are so grateful for technology. Just the ability to be connected with other people. Like if this was... 20, 30 years ago, we would be much more isolated in the sense of just feeling that loneliness than we are now. We have YouTube, we have Zoom, we have FaceTime. We have all these ways of staying in contact that a lot of the chronic illness community has been utilizing for quite some time um, that Mm -hmm. I don't think has truly been utilized to the same extent until now. But there is something about the constant ability to get updates that adds to the anxiety Mm -hmm. and, you know, something that I really kind of went off about recently was just, we cannot have the news on all day long. Like I cannot, I, I literally cannot handle it. And I explained it like this. I said, I live with Ellers Danlos and the bunch of comorbid conditions that come with it. If I had someone calling me and updating me every 20 minutes, every single time another person had a dislocation or another person had a serious allergic reaction or think of all the different things that could be, mm-hmm. even if I was not having those things and I was taking the precautionary measures to take care of my body the best that I could, if I was getting all those calls and texts and emails all day long, I would be panicked about being like, oh my gosh, this joint moved a little bit. Am I next? Is this going to happen next? And the thing is that I do need to be aware of what's going on. I know I right. need to know what's going on. In the we community. can't be ignorant. Exactly. But we, and but we can still be informed. Yes. And so one of the ways that I have done that personally is one, we only listen to the news updates twice a day. And of course, this changes depending on what line of work you're in and all of that. So I'm not saying that this is the end all be all way to do it. But for my like life and in my marriage, this is what we're doing. You know, when all of this started, I was very inclined to, I turned off all my downtime settings on my phone because I was like, well, I don't know what time we're going to bed and I don't know what time we're waking up. So I just am going to do it. Yeah, friends, those got turned back on last night because I had no self-control. I was Mm. on every social media app 24-7. I was not sleeping. I was not getting up on time. You would think in this time, a lot of us have so much more time than we've ever had, ever, yet I feel like I can only accomplish half of what I could before this pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of adjusting to even with us doing this podcast, everybody's home. Like, it's totally new. It's a new normal. And I love having Jared home, but we're together all the time. I had said to him, I was like, the first three days were really fun, but like, I got nothing accomplished. I'm used to cultivating time at home. And even for me, my whole way of life just got moved around. So I encourage you that if you are just feeling that fatigue and overload of information, 
put some controls on your app. I set all the settings myself, but I give my husband the passcode to it so that I don't get tempted to just unlock it because I don't have that self-control I've learned. And I've even heard of people talking about it with their snacks, um, like they're eating all yes. the quarantine snacks at once. I had someone that, <laughs> that literally was like, she went outside and locked her snacks in her car because she was like, I just know I don't have the self-control. That's what I've been doing with my social media and all of that on my phone. And if it's late at night and let's say it's past 11 o'clock or whatever time I have it set to have those apps go off, if I really need to get into something, Jared will unlock it for me. But most of the time he'll look at me and he'll go, we said we weren't going to be on right now. What is that pressing? And I'll be like, mm, nothing fine. I'll read. You know, right. well, you saw it. You saw it even for me. You're like, oh, you know, um, we got together today way later than we planned because both of us didn't really sleep but you're like oh I noticed you did something like midnight or whatever and I was like yeah how unusual is that for me you have to work on all day but yeah it's, it's the same thing so I think she never stays up late like this like this is like well, once in a while once in a while okay, I do, but, but I'm not like, posting and I'm not on social media so I'm finding I need even if I was going on really helpful sites, you, ne- you just need to slow it down. So I think maybe we could jump into that a little bit about ways. We kind of use our own hashtag. It's probably out there somewhere, but it was what you and I were talking about, cultivating in the time of corona. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a long hashtag, but anyway, this well, is kind of... Cultivating in quarantine, whatever you kind of want to call it, um, because I think how a you lot still of- growing, yeah. Yeah, a lot of this, I think, is coming out because of the quarantine. I think that's where everyone's really struggling to cultivate. You know, something that Jared and I talked about solely because last night we were up wicked late watching The Office, and I realized that I have some medication that helps me fall asleep and stay asleep, and if I don't take it, I'll just stay awake, Mm -hmm. and that's just how it goes. And it was about 1.30 in the morning when I was like, why am I not tired? And it was like, oh my gosh. And we both just looked at each other and I took any of my night meds yet. And that like everything was Mm. screwed up and it wasn't intentional, but it's easy to get distracted. We're all adjusting to a new normal. This was not how any of us, I think, intended to do life. So what Jared and I are implementing in our home, we're just going to have a time that we try to go to bed each night and we're going to have a time that we try to wake up He is working from home and is doing conference calls during the day. You know, he and I are adjusting our schedule, but I would encourage you to not make yourself a type A minute by minute schedule Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to get discouraged and to fall off that. And if one thing gets messed up, the whole day gets messed up. And if you want to hear a lot more of all this, you know, I've lived by the truth that you don't need a full schedule to live a full life. That's something that I have learned. And if you head to episode three on this podcast, you can have all the information because I really go in depth about it. But I would heavily, heavily suggest saying, okay, Today, during the next three hours, these are the couple tasks that I want to accomplish or whatever. Put things in time blocks. Don't get super rigid with it because it just adds to the anxiety of I can't even stay on schedule when I'm home. And we're trying to reduce anxiety here. We're trying to yeah. reduce the amount of cortisol that our body is producing. And that's even where you were talking about in what we're watching. We need to be cautious of that. Yes, we talked about this in other times too. It's using discernment, you know, just like faith-based resources, you're going to use your discernment. I've done the same thing as far as my media and I helped a friend with that. As you said, there's so many ways to get information now, but should you be looking at it all? And my friend was saying how she just, she's a very realistic person. So it surprised me when she was just like, I could not sleep after watching the news. And I said, well, 
I'm going to surprise you by telling you I'm not watching it. You know, um, I am going to reputable websites. I get updates. Um, I am required as part of my job to do all these webinars. And when people were disputing, you know, two weeks ago or whatever, what I was saying, I was like, I'm going to tell you where I've got my information and I, I need you to listen. But we all have kind of our, our tolerance for these things. So I try to limit like even um, I was using the example, like my husband and I like to watch some action movies or whatever. There's certain ones that if, if it has a good plot, I can kind of deal with something being ridiculous as far as some of the actions superhero stuff but i've noticed certain things as soon as i come into the room like maybe i've come home and i'm trying to kind of decompress i'm like can we not watch this like i I was like it's just making me tense and i'm finding things it's not that they always have to be funny movies or happy movies or silly things but i've noticed like that's what i need to do but it's also communicating you need to communicate with the people in your family like what works for you what works for them kind of learn that new normal that's something that i may have wanted to watch before i just i can't now it reminds me a little bit of becoming a mom and certain things that were fine for me. Like you think I'm ever watching a movie about a kid being kidnapped again. Like I've never watched those taken series or any of those movies. It's not going to happen. So I'm using that same kind of discernment with this. And we talked about also trying to make sure you don't get isolated because chronic illnesses are very isolating and lonely anyway. You know, I'm trying to think about just even people that I know in my neighborhood because we're very deeply concerned about this neighborhood. It's It really has a very high potential to have a high amount of cases. It's people living in apartments and multifamilies and in poverty. Now the schools are closed and, you know, the, our school system is so dedicated to trying to find ways to get meals to these people. We can't help like we did before as a church mm-hmm. even. Hey, come on and group here. Nope. You know, I had actually put a sign up today because we live right by the church and people are knocking on our door. And I realized my anxiety level went through a whole new uh, level today because I was like, they can't do that, you know, and someone actually literally looking to see if we had a thermometer because somebody at home has a fever. Well, guess what? I want to help people and I want to direct them correctly, but we have to social distance and you have to protect me and I have to protect you. And how do we do that? You know, and we're talking about all these great ideas of how to connect. But it's the same thing about our information. How do I help educate them with the right information? So think about how you, like what you're going to listen to, what you're going to see, what are you being distracted by? And I think this could be a time where you can really dig deeper in your faith, or you could be so distracted by what's going on with busy work, you're going to wear yourself out. And also, I have told you kids, this is a short-term sacrifice for a long-term goal. And this is going to go for a long time though. This is, I would think there'll be many yeah. podcasts that we're still talking about this. This is well into the future. Something that I think as we kind of, you know, we want to make sure we're not information loading any of you as well. And we want to be very present. We talked about being very present about how much information we even give mm-hmm. on this podcast. Cause we don't want to contribute to that either. And mm-hmm. So I think what all of this comes down to, you know, we've talked about really assessing how you're called to worship and obey God in this season right now. We've talked about adjusting to being at home and a new normal. And I think sometimes it's really easy to feel like if it's not the plan that we thought God had for us, that it means he's forgotten about us. And, you know, a new normal does not mean that God has thrown away his plan for you or for Mm -hmm. me. This is, again, that short-term, even though I think we all, when we think of short-term, we think of a couple days when we're not thinking of short-term as maybe a couple months and for lots of years, you know, but 
I was reflecting on this and it was actually a quote from my mom from the first podcast we ever did together. And it is really, really relevant right now. And that's where I want us to close in. And this is what she said. To give you some context, we were talking about an appointment where we had a surgeon who was very kind, but was very straightforward and just let us all know that a lot of my body is garbage and that my connective tissue is garbage. And that was something that we both wrestled with, but more my mom than I. And this was something that she said. There are going to be times with illnesses where you're never going to understand. We are never going to understand the why. So I tend to ask the how. How am I supposed to do this? I will often ask what's next, but not in an anxious way. Rather, it's okay, God, what's next? What am I supposed to do next? Very often in these moments where we don't understand the why and we're frustrated with that uncertainty, it's what's next, as in the next 60 seconds the next 60 minutes. And it's not to sound cliche, but sometimes when you're in so much pain or mentally struggling, no matter the illness or situation, you just need to get through those minutes, those seconds, and those hours. It was kind of interesting. um, Disney released Frozen 2 on Disney Plus, and my mom and I actually had not seen it because we wanted to go see it together. So we were like, well, we'll wait till it comes out on DVD or on Plus, and here we are. Come to find out without talking about it, we both watched it this week. I think on the same day, potentially. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. And without knowing it. Yeah, yeah, no communication. And we were talking about the fact, I mean, when I was waiting for her to jump on this call, I was listening to the Frozen 2 soundtrack. You know, something that we've always talked about with this, what am I supposed to do next is that, you know what, we just need to do the next right thing. And it's so funny because that's like a huge theme and even a song, a whole song dedicated to this in Frozen, but we just need to do the next right thing. Yeah, and it was, you know, when you're talking about trying to watch uplifting things, I think there's a lot of great Disney movies, if, you know, if you're into that, where our family is. Oh, so if you I, haven't seen it, it's hilarious. Like, it is. And I oh my saying, gosh, we were laughing so hard. Yes. And I kept saying through the thing, like, oh my gosh, I feel how relevant this is for this pandemic. Like, I cannot believe this. And in the timing that they also made it available early, which is, you know, really wonderful. And I just think that's so funny, you know, and it's, it's just, as we were sitting there, I'm like, I'm downloading this on my phone. And there's a couple of silly songs, like this one that I kept saying, gosh, this reminds me of like an 80s flashback. This reminds me of like, cool. And then I like it, it bothered me enough because we're like, the scene is kind of silly because, you know, when you watch it with a teenager, it's different than a little kid. And um, we were like, wow, it is an 80s song. Like it was supposed to it was supposed to be an 80s flashback. So I think that was uh, one of those little uh, nuggets in there for us older people watching. But yeah, so again, focus on what you can do. And that's what you said. And I started talking like, hey, did you notice in Frozen? I'm like, oh, you ended up watching it? Oh, I watched it too. And so we talk about worship music and that's important too, but I would say positive music. <laughs> and uh, like you said, we don't want to load all kinds of information here because you can find all that, you know, the, so, but be discerning and stay encouraged. You know, God is going to do mighty things as people who are live streaming and doing things where they never would have reached people in the ways they ever would have. I think there will be more of an understanding of the chronic illness community and uh, hopefully they're really loving their neighbor and realizing, Hey, you know, we, we need to check on these people. And there's lots of people doing amazing things putting their money behind things, you know, I'm seeing these celebrities paying for all the people who would normally work in the stadiums that are, you know, now out of work and um, wonderful celebrities doing things for different causes and things. So, you know, 
focus on the good and focus on what God has for you and, and what can I learn in this and how, if you are a believer, how can we glorify him in all of this instead of, like you said originally, how did it just affect me? And I think too, what's so important about what you said is, you know, we need to use what God's given us. And I wholeheartedly believe when God knew that we were going to have this technology available to us, that he calls us to use it to glorify him. Because I think um, I was at a conference, we actually were at a conference um, right at the beginning of the year. And I was having a conversation with someone from an older generation of mine and an older generation of yours. Because I do a lot with online ministry. I'm working with Grace Chapel in online ministry. And especially now, um, I've been excited to be able to help serve my church in this way. For anyone looking for a Bible study, check Mm -hmm. out Living the Chronic Illness Life. We have a Spoonie study. It's all virtual for such a time as this, even though we started it before all this happened. Um, We started it last year. But in saying that, the conversation I had was someone going, well, there's so much bad stuff on the internet that I don't know that our church should be doing any of that. And I just said, well, here's how I look at it. There are a lot of bad things in the newspapers. There were a lot of bad things on the radio. There are all sorts of things. Yet when the radio became available, people started using the radio to put sermons out. And, you know, it just started growing from there. And I believe that he's called us to use the platforms that we have available to us for such a time as this. And the Apostle Paul said that, you know, I'm becoming all things to to all men. Like he would find ways to reach people. I've said this well before this all happened. It's like, maybe he would have made a YouTube channel. I don't know. But he would have found ways. Billy Graham was somebody who was criticized many years ago. If you ever, ever get a chance, because, you know, museums will open again, to get a chance to see his museum in North Carolina. I I did not expect to thoroughly enjoy it. I actually thought I'd be a little bored. It is fabulous. And I am apologize that I felt that way. But there's a whole section of when he did all these interviews on TV. And sometimes he was hosted more kind of to be made fun of or to be like this controversial character. And he connected with them in a way that people saw that he was genuine and sincere. And if he could go on a a talk show where people were going to maybe belittle him or be like, oh, it's probably Graham. He did it. You know, he did it out of obedience. And what a wonderful audience. He used TV. You know, and I think if he was still alive, he'd be finding ways now, you know, there's an app for that, probably find an app, you know, so, um, but he was being obedient. And so how can you do that? And sometimes doing our part is really, maybe we are just staying put and we're trying to encourage one other person. And maybe that is our part that maybe we don't have any energy to do much more. And just that's okay. Do, our right? best is our best. My parents... I bring this up a lot and I really pride you guys in how you parented us because I always go back to this one example. You know, you guys always were just like, if your best is your best, that's what we expect out of you, especially when our school was involved. And Mm -hmm. I was someone who was an A, B plus kind of student. And I was really, really struggling in this high school geometry class. And I mean, we did tutoring, like we, we use everything available. And I ended up, I don't remember, it was actually dad that reminded me of this story like two months ago when he and I were talking and I got a D in that class as a final grade. And I was devastated. And I thought, for whatever reason, I had it in my brain that both of my parents were going to be upset with me over this date <laughs> when I did everything I could. And I remember you and dad just kind of being like, well, did you do the best you could? Did you do everything possible you could? And I was like, yes, I did. And you were like, that's all that we okay. can ask of you. And the thing that was so monumental about learning that 
was just that God expects our best. Even in Leviticus, where they're talking about all these different offerings, they make it very clear that even if you can only afford to offer a grain offering rather than some bigger animal of some kind, you know, like that wasn't what it was about. It was giving your personal best. This is where this applies to if your personal best is encouraging your husband or your kids, or maybe virtually your next door neighbor, your parents or someone on FaceTime, that is incredible. That is needed. That is necessary. If you feel called to be sending emails and other things to people in your church or the community around, that's awesome. Know that your best is your best. And that is all that God wants from you. And he wants you praying. Barely even talked about that. That'll probably be a big part of the next one, but just prayer. Like if my people turn to me, (laughs) you know, if we repent, if we pray, if we seek him, that will tell us what we should be doing, you know, and we encourage someone else to do that. Huge. People are hungry. There's somebody who, um, my husband just heard some example from another pastor. I think the church has a radio ministry, a different part of Massachusetts. And the person's been listening, but he's in quarantine and he wants a Bible. So they're figuring it out. I mean, again, I don't know when they'll stop maybe saying, hey, you better be careful about mailed packages. We've already talked about that, you know, mm-hmm. keeping some aside. We don't know how long this stays, you know, cardboard something on 24 hours. I don't know how long it stays on paper, but um, there's still ways that they're going to get their Bible to that gentleman. You know what I mean? People are hungry. They're hungry. And even if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, you know, some people aren't. Seek what the right thing is. And maybe that is one small thing. If you have an illness, you may not be able to do much, but you can still be very mighty in prayer. You might be encouraging someone else. And I would leave one last thing. We talked about kind of knowing in the past, whether you're somebody who's going to write a journal or you're going to do something digitally, use those tools and maybe write a letter for legacy. We were living in really a monumental time. You know, I'm trying to help, you know, your younger siblings see like, geez, everything is disrupted for them for high school, college, that kind of thing. And like, how can you use this? Like you will be talking about this years from now to your children and your grandchildren about what you survived and how you help write some of those feelings now and what you're thinking about now, because you'll refer to those down the road. And if you're not somebody who, who physically writes, dictate it. I mean, there's so many apps and whatever ways that communicate it because we do learn from story. Bible is full of stories and that's how Jesus talked to people so that they could understand and, and you know, use this, use this somehow for good. Yeah. So I think the best way to close this out is I would love to have us pray with and for you. And please know that we are praying for you. We are thinking of you. We want to support you in this because we do understand how isolating is and we understand how serious this is. My Instagram is always open, as you know. And also, I just want to mention too, like if someone is not a believer you know, they can cry out to God now and say, I want to know you, Lord. I'm sorry. I, you know, there's many ways through messaging or whatever we can help with that. And, um, you know, I think what's so important too is as believers, you know, we know God's already overcome the world. And we have that assurance that if one of us passes from this, we know where we're going. And, you know, I have the comfort if something happens to one of my family members, to one of you as horrible as that to even think about, I know where you're going and I know I'm going to see you again in heaven. So we pray for that for you as well, that, that you have that peace. It is true and it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So thank you for reminding us of that, Kels. Let's pray, guys. Lord, I thank you so much for this time together. 
Lord, I thank you that you were still present in the seeds that are sprouting all the way through your living word, God. I thank you so much that you are here with us. You are present. And Lord, I pray that if we feel that you are silent, that we would just listen even harder. We would just come in even closer. Lord, I pray that you would continue to allow us to live in the confidence of your assurance while doing the best we can to worship you by obeying with the information we've got for ourselves and for others. And Lord, I just ask that if people do not know you, that they would come to love you and choose you and make a choice to just choose victory in you. Amen. All right, guys, stay safe. We love you. We're thinking of you. And you can cultivate through this quarantine.